Hey guys, welcome to Bag Broadcast, episode number 343. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out June 28th, 2017. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week it's time for our monthly trade and policy, and this is uh, Paul Baby. Yeah, so I'm going with... uh... Afterlife with Archie from I don't even know the comic Archie Comics right? It's Archie's, it's just yeah. Archie Comics, yeah. And that's Volume One, which I don't know what the volume if it has an underscore name or not. Yeah, I think it actually title. had like a name. I think it's just Afterlife with Archie is the book one, right? Because it keeps going. It's an ongoing, guys. It's no, right. it three more issues. Oh, really, only three yeah. more? There's one other book. No, this is five, and then there's three more issues. There's like eight issues total. It's an issue, issue mini I thought it was an ongoing. Ah. Oh, what am I going to pick for my next one? I don't know. I don't know. This makes me so sad. I might cry in my beer. Huh? 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 Right? Beer? And what beer are we having, Paul? Oh, what are we having? Okay. Uh, does anybody remember laughter? Listening to this show, you won't. This is uh, from Single Cut. This is their an IPA, and it's a 7.2 alcohol by volume. And guys, I know you're wondering, but Paul, what about them IBUs? Shut your face. IBUs don't mean shit. Stop asking about IBUs. 110 IBUs. 110. No way. Not this beer. Smooth. Smooth. Easy drinking. Uh, single cuts have become a staple on the show. Uh, single cut brewery. Uh, because they are great IPAs. I because we got an inside line and I know how to get them. Yes, <laughs> when they're fresh. Yes, <laughs> they deliver them right to the podcast. Uh, they are delicious. Um, they're always, uh, I mean, they're always slightly different. Um, I can't say anything that is like uh, I like them all. There's nothing yeah. to that I go. Oh, that one. Right. Um, last night. Paul and I had the same two beers we're going to drink tonight, um, and there was a noticeable difference between like the 18 watt and this one that we mm-hmm. both like the 18 watt a lot better. It's still a, a yeah, it's still a good beer, stand up beer. Um, nice kind of meloniness to it, um, kind of that juiciness that you expect from this fresh style IPA. But yeah, this is one of the ones that I would put on the lower end. I, like, I remember really liking, um, Jenny said, the problem with Single Cut for me is their names are so unencumbered by what they are. Yeah. It makes it hard for me to remember which one's which. But then again, the only things I really buy from them are their IPAs, their fresh IPAs. I do have a, what, a Boots of Fully Loaded Lead or something? Uh, yeah, Boots boots of Lead or something boots like of, that. And I have of, heavy Boots heavy of Lead. Bo- and I have Heavy Boots of Lead Barrel Aged, which we yeah. should try to drink sometime. Yeah. Uh, so it's really hard for me to do a rank them uh, on these. I, I do have to say Weird and Gilly. Weird and Gilly is Weird the and one Gilly yet. is probably, uh, that's the one I know. Mm-hmm. And also tops. I put Billy on here. I would say, I, Billy would definitely be up there. But so, yeah. But in two weeks, are you going to remember Billy, or are you still going to remember Weird and Gilly? I'm going to try to remember Weird and Gilly, and I'm going to need your help on that uh, for when that comes out again. But, you know, I'm going to start making some cuts here on Single Cut. I'm going to start stopping, uh, because you know, they're good. They come out infrequent, like, rare 
but I'm not actually Edo, so I'm going to focus in, and when Weird and Gilly comes out, purchase you, instead of purchasing them all, you know, if like if this comes out, does anybody remember laughter? Skip it. Yeah, I would if, say uh, ones I've already had that I said comes out. I'm going to skip it. Uh, Gilly comes out again, I'll buy it. If And Weird and Gilly comes out. Those are the ones that right now are making my will purchase again list. Again. But I mean, if new ones come out, yeah. you will continue to buy them. Because next week I have a sour and a dry hopped IPA. Well, the dry hopped IPA and the sour I would have to try. Because, you know, <laughs> they sound so good and single cut, so I trust them. Because, you know, it's one of those ones where I'm not going to get a bad beer, and I don't want to miss out on that next phenomenal beer. Yeah. But they put out so many different beers, it's hard to keep up with each one. And I feel, feel like I'm going to reach a pocketbook burnout. Yeah, I can see that. But also you have like a app like uh, Untapped where you can check into these beers <laughs> and keep track of the ones you've had and right. keep track of how much or how little you like the beer. Also, maybe not rating everything at a four helps. Well, that, I, that really helps you keep track of which ones you really like. I, I rated, uh, does anybody remember Laughter IPA as a 3.75? Come okay, on, guys. Right. That's, not a, that's not a four. And, and Billy? Billy's a 4.5. 4.5. Woo! Reading Gilly. Probably a five. Let me check. <laughs> I probably didn't rate it. Uh, Chris, uh, are you sipping on anything uh, good there? Uh, I'm not sipping on anything right now, but earlier today I did go to Disney's Animal Kingdom to finally take a walk through the new section of the park over there, which is dedicated to the James Cameron movie Avatar with um, the new land, Pandora, the world of Avatar. And it's a really great, awesome place, and they have some really different offerings for food, but then they also have two different beers that are brewed, especially for them, from Terrapin Brewing Company. Oh. Um, I tried one of them because it was like 9 o'clock in the morning, so <laughs> it's a breakfast beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... I went with the Hawks Grog Ale, which Hawks I Grog. wasn't aware of this when I ordered it. It wasn't until they were pouring it that it was uh, it was green because we're, we're on Pandora now, so things can't be the regular color. Um, and when I ordered, I was asked, "Oh, do you like hoppy beers?" And my first question was obviously, "Well, how many IBUs are it?" Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I love hoppy stuff." She was like, "Okay, yeah, you'll you'll like this one then." It's not very hoppy. Um, I feel like she heard someone maybe use the word eh, hops are in it, so she kind of like latched onto that as like a buzzword. Mm-hmm. Um, AOL keyword hops. But <laughs> kids, it, it, it had more of means. like um, more of like a fruity hop to it. It was kind of similar to something like an apricot wheat, even though it wasn't like a wheat beer. Mm. Um, it was like an apricot lager beer. Um, it's very middle of the road. I think I put it at a 3.25 on Untapped because, yeah, it was good. It was nice. It was refreshing. But I'll, I'll say, like, not a lot stand out about it. I know Terrapin can brew some awesome beers. I know they can really, like, amp some stuff up. But um, I feel like they really went safe on this one just because it's something that's being served in a theme park um, yeah. alongside one of their other beers as well as stuff like Bud Light that's on tap. So, so not you're bad. Saying, I would say save your nine bucks and take that money and go to Universal Studios and get basically any of the beers that they have at Wizarding World or uh, Springfield. So you're saying that beer wasn't out of this world? 
It was not out of this world. Uh-huh. Not bad, but uh-huh. honestly, I would uh, I would rather just spend that money on beer universal or take it to a beer store and get any breweries like apricot beer. But it's the same deal. Okay, yeah, you know you're in what Pandora Land, which is Animal Kingdom, right? Yep. And they serve actual beer there as well now. It's not like you have to go to Epcot to actually get a good beer. No, pretty much every park except for Magic Kingdom still has um, they do have alcohol in it. They, they're starting to branch out with their beer um, which is nice. I mean, I feel like Disney Springs has a lot of really good offerings mm-hmm. outside of the parks but I do appreciate them bringing in something different that you can actually only get at that park. Right. Um, much like outside in Animal Kingdom they have a special beer trying to remember the name of it. It was like Cement Beach Brewing Company did like a spiced uh, ale for the one restaurant there at Tiffin's. That was actually really good. Like I've had that one multiple times. So I I was just wondering if you're in Animal Kingdom, there is better beers there. You don't have to be like pour your beer out that you just got served to you and say, I'm leaving with the whole family because you spent a lot of money to get into Um, that park. I, mean, so I would say the probably not an option for the Kungaloosh that they have at Tiffin's is a better beer, but anywhere else in the park, it's going to be Bud Light or beers from like Africa or Asia. So it's going to be like Sapporo or I forget what it's called. It's like St. George's something. It's very basic Pilsner. Like there's better beers out there. Just <clears throat> just yeah, not there. Go to one place for it or Epcot. Mm. So if you're stuck in Animal Kingdom all day, it might be your best bet. <laughs> but who knows? Actually, you know what? I mean, maybe the other one that they have there from Terrapin's Better. I didn't try that one. That was called, like, the uh, Mayora Country Ale. Okay. Uh, so I'll try that one next time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because you have a unique perspective on it since you could just leave, you know, you live there in Orlando, so it's easy for you to get around. But most people that are in the park that would then purchase that beer... Like it's, you know, they're he- they're held hostage. You know, they they, yeah. they put up a lot of money. There's a lot of sunk cost for them to just leave and decide to uh, go get. Uh, I would say else. instead of maybe the beer, try one of the specialty uh, alcoholic beverages. Oh, Those there you go. Yeah, seem to be pretty good. That would probably serve you better. And what serves? Speaking up? about serving. Ah, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna try to jump in there. Do it. Serve up some news because we had a couple things that happened that we wanted to talk about this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, being served up with pink slips were the directors of the Han Solo movie. So and so and so and so. It was did... Phil Lord and Chris, Chris Miller. Miller. Yeah, the guys that did Lego movies. Yeah, and they they walked away. They, they walked didn't, away. They oh, weren't they... served pink slips. They said creative differences. Yeah, and uh, the one interview I said with them said like they don't like using the term like oh creative differences, but in this in this case it was literally just like the studio wanted one thing, but we wanted a different thing. They were both just like okay, well this isn't going to work out for either one of us. Let's mm-hmm. let's just part ways. Um, I, I saw a lot of blowback about this as soon as it happened. Like oh, it's ruined. Disney can't do anything right. Star Wars is never going to be a thing again. What are they going to do? And then literally the next day, it was like, hey, we, we have the new director. Who's that new director? Oh, is it Opie? Uh, I was going to say, I was going to let John take it over. Oh, uh, Ron Howard. <laughs> Ron oh, Ho- Opie. 
Opie. Ron Howard brought in to direct this, which I think is uh, a great choice. He's a masterful director. He's... I know what this means, guys. What does this mean? It means that we're going to have a Clint Howard cameo in Star Wars. How great is that? Yeah, he already looks like an alien. So. Yeah, right? Well, he was an alien on Star Trek, the original series. He was the creepy oh, that's right. baby he was thing. Kid. He's the creepy kid. Yeah, with the weird dub voice. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, isn't there? Why did you do Eddie Murphy laugh? Because that's the <laughs> that's the voice that they dub over. That was. I mean, like maybe it sounded more like Eddie Murphy <laughs> to you, but to me. It, <laughs> oh, this opens up a whole pantheon. We can finally get that crossover that we've always wanted of Here, Star Wars versus Star Trek. Here's the one thing that annoys me a little bit about this, because okay. Ron Howard's come out to say like he is super excited. Star Wars is one of his favorite uh, movie series. He's so happy to be part of this. But that motherfucker what? was offered to direct some of those prequels. <laughs> and you know what that guy did? He turned it down because he go- and he goes, you know what, George? These are your babies. I want to see what you are going to do with it. And you know what we got? A bunch of goddamn shit! Maybe he knew that George was too involved in it, and he's like, I can't. I, I, maybe, I can't steer that train off the rails. It's, maybe it's on was, a collision you know, course. His, his way of saying, like, no, we need to burn this town so we can build it again from the <laughs> ground up. Like, Maybe he knew what had to happen. Uh, no, I think this is this is gonna this is a great director for this movie. I think he's gonna do a good job. Uh, well, I yeah, it's Ron Howard, who I know don't really think of what kind of big actiony Willow. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> I did enjoy I mean, Willow. I mean, not really actually. That like also Apollo thirteen was really good too. Yeah, but uh, Willow that that does have a lead character, you know, uh, the Daikini. Who steals the baby? Uh, what's it? Mad Mordian. He's he's Han Solo. He is so Han Solo. He's Han Solo esque. Uh, and you know, you know who produced that movie and wrote it? Who? George Lucas. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's my third favorite George Lucas uh, franchise. First being Star Wars. Second being Howard the Duck. Third being Willow. As long as we get a good movie, I'm I'm okay with whoever does it. I'm glad that they kind of went one route with some of the other um, movies versus lesser-known directors that, you know, they can bring their own kind of funky, quirky takes into it. I think with Ron Howard, he's kind of a safe pick. I feel like he's not going to do anything too jarring. I think this is a little out of his wheel, wheelhouse. Uh, you know. it could, could be like a like a fun heist movie. Um, yeah. Not not that uh, what you call it was a heist movie. The the Dan Brown books. Yeah, the Da Vinci Code and those ones. Yeah, Da Vinci Code. Like you could make some intrigue in there. So Tom Hanks is going to have a cameo in this movie as well. We can only hope. Uh, but he's done movies like uh, The Missing, which is a uh, like a gunfight western movie that's really good. Um, Backdraft, which is a lot of action, great pacing. I remember playing the DVD video game when they still refer to them as DVD, DVD video, video games. games. Or but maybe it was CD-ROM video game. It might have been somebody that who can make... I mean, and a, that's, let's not gloss over his greatest contribution to pop culture. I already talked about Willow. Arrested Development! <laughs> hmm. 
but I, lends so much credence to everything that he did in that. So there's going to be a banana stand reference in there Star Wars now. <laughs> Let's be. not get nuts. We'll save the ten cents. Uh, but he can make very good character-driven yeah. story. And I think that's something you need with a Han Solo movie. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, so, sorry, something that we didn't talk about pre-show, but also kind of connected to Ron Howard. Uh, Jurassic Park, or Jurassic World 2, has a title, Fallen Kingdom. Oh, he did Jurassic Park 1? No, but his daughter, Bryce Dallas Howard was in Jurassic World, so... Oh, okay, so it's a Kevin Bacon-type connection. No, it's Ron Howard. <laughs> right, right, but... No, you're not the movie guy, Paul, but jeez. Yeah, but it's still not... Ron, Ron Howard had nothing think, to do with I it other than... I thinking about the movie Footloose, Paul. Donating... This, this, is not, this is not Footloose. <laughs> donating half the genetic material that is Bryce Howard, I guess. <laughs> and At all least the, half. All the good ones. All the, all the good half. <laughs> I didn't know you were that big of a fan of Ron Howard's looks. No, but his daughter. Just he likes the way he can pull off a hat. <laughs> Guy looks good in a hat. Guy looks good in a hat. Yeah, we know nothing else about uh, Jurassic World Two, aka now known as Fallen Kingdom, uh, except that it's coming out next year, and uh, Chris Pratt said they're eighty days into filming. So. And I'm pretty sure Ta-da. I'm pretty sure we can expect one thing, and that's dinosaurs. I would hope so. Dinosaurs. Yes. Do you think Chris Pratt keeps on taking these movies because he's afraid he'll get out of shape if he doesn't? Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like, like I just watched another episode, you know, an older episode of Parked and Wrecked, and I'm like, Park, uh, Park and Recreation, and I'm, I was just sitting there being like, man, that guy has lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Uh, I think also maybe he's just doing it so his kid now has to play with action figures of him. Yeah. Who's uh, this? Who's this? Dad, I want to play with Superman. No! That's not me! Get it out of the house! Uh, he told the story about, like, he has, like, he has, like, one cheat day. And all of his meals are, like, he gets, like, they come in packaged. And mm-hmm. if he eats everything all at once, then he has nothing for the rest of the day to eat. Oh, but he gets, like, one cheat day. So when he was getting driven to a certain set, I don't know if it was for um, that really bad... Passengers. Passengers. Or uh, Jurassic World or something like that. Uh, they kept driving down this road, and he and he kept smelling this, like... it smelled, He thought it was, like, a barbecue place. He's like, oh, my God, it smells so good. We got... You, you got it. And he says to his, like, assistant, he's like, you got to find out where that smell is coming from. <laughs> so all week, they're driving through... To, to, uh, to work and back, and all he's talking about is his cheat day. They got to find out what this place is. So the day before his cheat day, his assistant goes, "I found out what that place is," and he's like, "Oh my god, what is it? Uh, it's a dog food manufacturer." Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> if you're the assistant, though, you come up with a freaking good barbecue joint that's in the city. Yeah, you just find something close yeah. by. Uh, and be like, hey, we were smelling dog food. I mean, we're super excited. Now imagine how great this barbecue is going to be, right? <laughs> this actual barbecue food. Um, no. And, like, uh, when he was, like, at his heaviest, it's like, yeah, you know, like, every morning my wife would make me, like, apple strudel, and I'd have two of those before going to work and then just eating whatever was at work <laughs> as well. Yeah. 
They don't do the same thing, though. There's food there. You put it in front of me. I'm eating it. Yeah. I don't care what it is. Um, so let's, uh, we got two other movie news. Uh, one of them being connected with, uh, it's news to a lot of people <laughs> that, uh, that Venom and the, uh, Black Cat and Silver Sable movie yep. are part of, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, they take place within the same world as Spider-Man Homecoming, and Spider-Man Homecoming's in the Marvel MCU, so therefore, they're connected. I yeah, think that's what uh, she was trying to explain. But man, Kevin Feige having none of it. <laughs> yeah, um, in an interview with one of the producers from Sony, who's working uh, with Marvel, um, Amy Pascal, came out and said, "Like, yeah, like, we're, like we're we're doing all this stuff. It's going to be all part of it with Venom." And like Kevin Feige in the corner is just looking a little surprised and bewildered. And he actually came out today to say, like. No, as of now, there are no plans to further uh, Spider-Man's uh, role in the Marvel Universe. Um, he's already filmed his stuff for the next Avengers movie, but then you know, he did say that basically Homecoming 2, not the actual title for it, will be the next Marvel movie after we get the uh, last part of the Avengers Infinity War. Oh, wait, wait so, wait, so Spider-Man Homecoming 2 is... Going to it be is. the next Marvel movie after. Okay. Yeah, but that won't be the actual title is for that, it. Just that's, it's going to be the next like, Marvel. Is that Phase Four comes. then? Is that starting Phase Four? I, I think so because that the Avengers movies are always kind of like the period on what mm-hmm. that that phase is. Yeah. Wow. So they're letting that be. Well, I'm. That's why I'm so surprised. I'm like, I can't believe they're letting that. You know, the Sony going picture be the start of their next though ant-man was the start of phase three right yeah so maybe it's not that big of a deal to be the start i mean this and i mean for all its detractors too i mean uh iron man 3 was the start as detractors but that was the start of the marvel phase two as well yeah uh okay so my gut reaction of like i oh i can't believe they're letting it it's not that big deal for Marvel, or I guess yeah, for us fans. I feel like the um, the start of the new phase movies are kind of like that deep breath after the gut punch of what the Avengers movies are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Spider-Man might be a good palate cleanser for whatever we get coming out of, you know, the the big, huge, galactic crossover that we're going to be getting. Go, go a little small again. I think it's kind of crazy that for Marvel movies, I think people are going to be most excited for when they come out, as we've seen, is the Avengers movies, Guardians of the Galaxy, and now Spider-Man, because I'm hearing a lot, you know, everybody's talking about the Spider-Man movie. Looks good. Uh, he, he was one of the best parts of Civil War, so mm-hmm. I think that's that's new freshness. And, I mean, the buzz for Black Panther is still really good, too, because that trailer's been out for maybe about a week and a half now. It's still pretty fresh, but... People are still really excited for that one, and whenever we do get like the actual trailer for that, I think the response is going to be even better. Especially now, I mean, not that you can really put them on the same level, but with Wonder Woman, like people are cool with these kind of lesser known, even though Wonder Woman's not lesser known. Like people don't have the knowledge about her as they do Batman or Superman. So people are like getting pumped for these. So cool. 
What else can we get pumped out? Pumped about? Well, we have a couple uh, movie bracket. Oh yeah, talking about people getting pumped at the movies. We had released this week. This week on Box Office Mojo. Oh, uh, we don't actually have because we're recording on Saturday, so we don't actually have the numbers for it quite yet. But uh, Transformers Five is opening up this weekend, and it's did thirteen point seven million dollars on Friday. Wow, only thirteen on Friday. Yeah, yeah. So we don't have the weekend numbers for that one yet. But last week, guys... Did Cars come out? Cars 3 came out. And it's just called Cars 3, right? Yep, Cars 3. Uh, and it opened up with a weekend gross domestically at $53.7 million. So, uh... Sounds pretty respectable. I don't remember what everything else is on yeah. so far this summer. Uh, it's, yeah, like, uh, it's good for this summer. Uh, I'm not sure if it's good for the Cars franchise. Well, Cars 2 was basically kind of panned, I feel. I never even saw that one. And from what I've heard, Cars 3 basically is a direct sequel to the first Cars. Because I guess in the second one, they went to... They were um, spy cars. England. Yeah, they went to England and became spies. <clears throat> because spy, you know, I can understand that for... Yeah, a, but it was like... Which is ridiculous. I don't want my talking cars to become spies. It was Larry the Cable Guy who was the spy. He's like, hey, cool. Look at that! I got a secret agent! So you're saying that The Man Who Knew Too Little was not a good spy movie? Well, no, that's a great spy movie. <laughs> because Bill Murray starred in it. <laughs> I tried to entrap him. Uh, yeah. You know who's you know who's not as good as uh, Bill Murray? A lot of people. Larry the Cable Guy! Uh, but, you know, you have animated cars... The coolest cars are spies, are the cars that spies drive. Like, they, because they have all the cool stuff. Like, that's a big part of spy movies. So I, it makes sense for them to do it. And it and it made them $6 million more opening weekend than Cars 1 did. Cars 1 opened up with $60 million, Cars 2, $66 million, and then Cars 3 with uh, $53.7 um, So how fast did Cars 2 drop off, though? Ooh, that's a good question. I it, would imagine the next week. Uh, it made overall, it made fifty million dollars less lifetime gross domestically. Uh, let's do a weekend breakdown. Yes, it dropped sixty three point sixty point yeah. three percent, which is ten percent more than the expected. You expect to drop, but that was the Fourth of July weekend. So if you include the Monday Fourth of July, uh, uh, what, it only dropped fifty two. What year did it come out? 2011. Sorry. 2011. Uh, what other movies came out that weekend? Is it way for you to check and see what came Ooh, out? Yeah. That first weekend? Yeah. Uh, Transformers Dark of the Moon came out. Ooh. And that opened up with $98 million. I'm rounding up. And that movie's yeah. almost three hours long. Mm. And uh, Bad Teacher also came out that year. And another school lick came out. Uh, Larry Crown. The Tom Hanks, Julia uh, Roberts. That was a bad movie. That, him going back to school. You know what? You guys could, I was just curious to see like if there are any other movies that might have came out at that time that also suffered being a holiday weekend. But no, it sounds like Transformers did quite well. And also, so Bridesmaids I, came out. Uh, Super Eight came out, which is a really fun movie, and also uh, a little movie called Green Lantern, <laughs> which. We all loved, apparently. <laughs> they came out in 2011, jeez. Yep. 
Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman opened with almost more money, with just $16 million less than its than Green Lantern's complete domestic gross over its lifetime. Green Lantern opened up with $116 million, or uh, earned $116 million on its total time at, in theaters here in the United States. Wonder Woman opened with 100.5. So, man, that movie did not do well. No. Oh. And uh, a movie that's on this list that uh, didn't do well is The Mummy. And oh, yeah. uh, Universal Studios kind of came out to say that it's kind of all Tom Cruise's fault. So this whole studio came out in a bus? <laughs> yeah. And then they got out of the bus. And they're like, hey, Tom, come over here. Come over here. What's going on, guys? Hey, I love everybody. I love everything. And they just throw them underneath. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Uh, well, they said that he had said creative. Bus. He had uh, a lot of creative control written into his thing, and unlike other films where he really likes to work in a collaborative fashion, in this movie he was a little more uh, dictatorish about what was going to happen in this movie, and he had a vision that maybe didn't go exactly where everyone else wanted it to go, mm-hmm. and. Um, they are saying they're still going forward with the other the Dark, Dark Universal movies, but they might not be touching back on The Mummy anytime soon. So Dracula Untold still stands. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure that one is flushed away as well. <laughs> as well. So, there's, uh, so they're going to restart the Dark Universe again. So I'm, I'm sorry. I'm actually reading a Variety Ooh. article right now about, about how like Universal's throwing it on Tom Cruise, but then at the premiere for it, Tom Cruise gave a speech that was like, movies aren't made by a single, um, aren't made by single people, it's a team effort. As he had like the rest of the stars from the movie up there, he's like, I don't just make a movie, I give it everything I have, and I expect it from everyone also. Mm. So, so it sounds like Universal's throwing it on him, but then he's also like, I'm not the only one. But, but we. You know, it's all a fair amount of confusing point, but I think it's fascinating. But we know one person that really likes working with Tom Cruise on movies Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg, because he keeps on going back. And he's, like, co written some of those uh, Mission Impossible movies. Uh, yeah, I think they hired him for, like, punch up stuff. Yeah, I think he's gotten a co writing spot or, like, a writer's credit at some point. And Simon Pegg, you know, and those Mission Impossible movies. I do enjoy. Maybe not as much as my dad does. My dad loves Tom. He does not like Tom Cruise as a like a person. He thinks he's a weirdo and a kind of a wacko, uh, which is understandable. Well, but uh, he also will always go see a Tom Cruise movie, though. He's like, no, because they're fun. They're popcorn. They're fun. The $7 or $10 out of the box office gross from uh, The Mummy is probably from my dad. And I don't blame him, because, like, he comes over and we'll pop on uh, one of those Mission Impossible movies, and they are fun. No, no, the Mission Impossibles are fun. I mean, as bad as the reviews have been, I still kind of want to see this Mummy movie. I mean, yeah. it's it's a Mummy movie. I mean, that's... What, $10 that to go see like, that movie versus $15 to see all three of the Mummy movies? Yeah, exactly. But this Mummy movie will probably be it's out for video or... 
at the you know, seats pretty soon. Yeah, $2 in Redbox or Netflix, Hulu, or any other way you watch your movies for probably a pretty cheap price to I might, rent. You know what, though? Yeah, when it comes to the cheap seats, I think I might do a double date night with my parents to go see The Mummy. You know, me, Kate, my mom and dad. Fun. Yeah. $2.50 per ticket. That's that's less than one ticket <laughs> right now. So, yeah, it makes sense. But, uh, yeah, uh, I was going to say something more about Tom Cruise movies. Oh, I bought Night and Day on DVD. Because Why? It was, because it was $2. And my that dad, one's really bad. No, my dad keeps on saying it's one of his favorites. Uh, so I'm like, you know what? It's like $3 on Blu-ray. I might as well, you know, why not? So I, I, purchased, I still haven't watched it. It might still be in shrink. Um, it's not. It's not good. Uh What? What's your feelings on Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Uh, that one's better than Night and Day. Okay. Uh, that one's not bad. It's stupid, but it's got a lot of great action and Mm -hmm. shit blowing up and guns. Yeah. Uh, but it's not good. Night and Day was really Night and Day. I was like, ooh, I have fun with Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I own that, and I'll pop that on just for you know. See, here's the thing: is Tom Cruise in that is like really creepy he's like super obsessed with this woman that he just Mm -hmm. met and like forcing her to do spy stuff that she doesn't want to do like kidnapping her and putting her on an island and she's like i'd like to go home and then he's like no we're gonna go blow up a sub you're so cute and then she's like i don't want to do this and he's like i have a hammock that's John Stuh. What's his name, voice? Why, why, why'd you do the Eddie Murphy laugh? <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Any, any other movies, or is that it? Yeah, no, what can... other movies can we review real quick? <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> so, well, I mean, we, we could always talk about the comic books that we might be reviewing. That's true. Uh, uh, and we have comic books coming out June 28th. 2017 and uh chris uh you, you gonna go with an old standby for this uh this week yeah um like we said last episode it's just it's been slow for comics for like the past month and i have nothing really new coming out so the only two books i'm actually picking up are um nightwing and green lanterns i think they're both number 24 i'm not 100 percent of what the the numeracies are on it but mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm just picking them up to read them because those are big, uh, books that I pick up to read. Like it's, I'm not excited about it, so I'll probably kind of delve back into the wish list and maybe grab some stuff that I've been wanting to check out, like the Star Wars books, because those are all getting uh, put to dollar ninety nine. So it might be a good time to start catching up on all of that. But yeah, it's it's slow for me. Is that is anyone else having the same problem? Uh, I am. Uh, I'm picking up uh, one of my old standbys in that saga. I'm going to be picking up Saga number forty four. Uh, 43, I believe, came out. It was uh, 99 cents. Uh, it was coming back from its uh, little hiatus. And it was like a little, like, hey, guys, jump back on board, yeah. please? Uh, I don't think a please. I think it was just like, hey, we're back. Give you a cheap issue, because I'm Brian K. Vaughn, and I'm awesome. Was it the start of a new like story arc? Or, I like, think it is kind of the, uh, the next start of a chapter. Um, okay. So 44 is out. 44 is a high number for a BKV, is... How, has he mentioned like when he wants to wrap it up yet? I have not. Is he looked, already talking I have about not looked into that. I don't. Away? I don't want to know. I don't want to know. 
uh, Ex Machina only ran. It didn't. I don't think it made. No, Ex Machina. Right? I think ran to like a hundred something. Did it go all the way up to a hundred? It, it went for a while. Uh, Why the Last Man only made it? To, it only went to sixty. Uh, five year run. And then his other work, you know, for the mainstreams, you know, over at Marvel, he only, you know, it was limited release miniseries, The Oath. Uh, the one with Wolverine and Hiroshima, or Hiroshima, uh, depending on how you pronounce that. Oh, and I'm sorry, uh, X Machina only went for 50 plus 4 specials. I thought it went longer. All right. Um, I want to do the drop the mic kind of thing there, but. I want to be a total I don't, dick. Yeah, kind of. Uh, you know, but I don't see him as a write, as a writer that like sticks on one idea for all that long. Five years is a ton of time. I, so I, that doesn't sound horrible. That little oh, five years isn't long enough. I guess it is. But I, you know, forty four and things go to normally fifty or sixty with the guy. I would assume that it might be wrapping up soon. Uh, also, I mean, that was also when. Ex Machina was wrapping up. It's kind of when he was stepping away from comic books at the same time, and he went and worked in the TV world. So, well, he was still produ- doing uh, Why the Last Man at that time too. Yeah, but he was that was wrapping up too. Mm-hmm. So I, he was pretty much wrapping stuff up at the time. But he always knew, he came into Why the Last Man knowing the ending and always knowing that he wanted to go to sixty, get the five years. Ex Machina, I feel like he came in with a similar you know vein. Like he's like, I got a story to tell. And this is going to be the ending. So I was just wondering if there was a saga expiration date. Like, a, you know, this is a story I want to tell. Once I finish the story, we're good. I have not. Uh, I mean, this book, I mean, the way he's been writing it and the stories and everything. I mean, you might see, you know, you might see that baby grow all the way up. And, I mean, it, she's slowly but surely getting older, but it's nothing like... You know, it's book's they, been going on for what, like... They don't come four, out of the time stream fully, like, eight years old with weird speed no, powers? I mean, no, she's she got, uh, she's four or five in the books, mm-hmm. almost been out that long. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's kind of going with where everything is, but it's Real all okay. it's all being told from her, you know, like, a, at an older spot. So as soon as we get to that spot where it that character's age is at, it's probably where it's going to end. Or, you know, it ends a little bit before that, and this is her flashback to the story of her life. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, um, it could go anywhere. Um, in an interview back in April, he said um, he looks forward to continuing to do it for, like, the future. No no end date, but he doesn't oh, okay. plan on on stopping. That's, that's good to hear. It's good to hear. It's, you know, it is a departure from what he's done in the past. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, he says like they they keep um, they plan on still doing like the nine issues that they do a year. Um, that said, I'll only write the comic as long as Fiona wants to keep making it with me. He said. Mm, so she had asked Fiona Staples how long she wants to do it for, and I think she enjoys doing it because it gives her free. I mean, she has free range to draw whatever mm-hmm. her heart's imaginable. That imaginable heart of hers, probably quite large. Mm. Unlike Mr. Body's heart, which is exploded all over the second floor stair lobby. In Clue, number one, from IDW. That's right. Based off the awesome board game. Hasbro. Clue. No, uh, it's not Hasbro. It's what's the... 
Parker Brothers. Parker Brothers, which is now owned by Hasbro. Uh, uh, because even Wizards of the Coast is owned by Hasbro, right? Yes. Uh, we have the mysterious Mr. Body with two Ds. Uh, turns up dead at his own dinner party. And everyone's a suspect. That's right. And if you're like, but Paul, how are they going to do a murder mystery without weird alternative endings? Don't worry! This book has them. And there's clues throughout the book to let you know which alternative ending is the correct one. Boom! Four dollars. Mind blown. I'm down. Is, That's cool. is, is, is this like a one-shot or is it like a mini-series? I, I think it's a one-shot. It says... A take on uh, a new take on the classic detective game with new designs, uh, featuring three alternative endings to help you get a clue. We've hidden three, uh, hidden multiple oh, endings okay. in the first issue across the regular and subscription variants that will help you solve the case. So you need to basically read all the different variants yeah. to get all the clues. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, but. It, it's 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 fun. It's clue is Professor Plum. Drawn like I Christopher Lloyd from, from because it's an overhead, it's a three quarter shot as if you were looking down at a board game. Tomorrow's Sunday, and I think I'm having a casual morning with a cup of coffee in the movie Clue now. Yeah, thank you, Paul. <laughs> it's a good movie. It is a good movie. I love I'm, that movie. I'm going home to sleep with my wife. I love that line because <laughs> he's the FBI agent. He's the FBI agent, right, but he previous. Up. Previously, he was saying that he was gay. Mm-hmm. He was playing a very foppish character. Uh, but you know what's not foppish? Ooh, there's weird. a new there's a new character, Miss Orchid. Ooh, I didn't even see that in the solicitation. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm looking through stuff about it now because I just want to see who was doing it. What uh, what color is Miss Orchid? Uh, she's purple. Wait, but we have a. But what about peacock. Professor Plum? And Professor. Oh, they're different. What? <laughs> they're different colors. <laughs> I was about to say that. I'm just looking at the. Because uh, like, I mean, she's wearing like a, a purple skirt. So. Hmm. I don't know. It's all right. You know, it, it's not a board game. It's a comic book series, so you're you're fine. You can be any color you want. Uh, because you don't need to be a. Yeah, Colonel Mustard's a black guy. Right. But he's also wearing a very mustard-colored thing, right? But all that doesn't matter. What matters is that we get into our next section of the comic book podcast that we do. And that would be a dramatic reading. And now, a dramatic reading from Marvel's Poe Dameron, number 12. Page 12, panel 2. I've noticed. That was a dramatic reading from Poe Dameron. <laughs> you could have said it more sexy like like Isaac Hayes. I know. I, 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 you had not that, Isaac Hayes. You Isaac. had that all drawn out, so I was just like, I noticed. And I was just like, oh, just do it quick. One know, and done. One and done line. I know you like them quick. I know you like the really, you think those are funnier when it's just boom. So I wanted to find a panel that just had... I was really thinking that you were going to bring the simmer. I thought about bringing the simmer, but I also thought it'd be funny just to be like, I noticed. Mm-hmm. You know what's? Uh, you know what I noticed? Uh, how good this beer is! Yeah, yeah. It's uh, this is the 18 watt IPA. This is Billy, also from Single Cut. 
Keon, talk more while uh, I log this into my untapped. So this is Billy, 18-watt IPA. Uh, this is a 5% IPA. Uh, packs so much more flavor than the Do You Remember Laughter, which was 7-2. Uh, a lot of times when you, when you have a smaller ABV, a lot of it you're thinking session beers. You can have a couple of them. And with sessions, you're like you're you always have that moment. You're like, hey, for a low ABV, that's packing a lot of hop flavor. This is doing that. This is giving you a nice piney, resiny, juicy melonness. And it's weird how it can deliver both of those because your first sip, you get this pininess, and then it just washes away with this nice melon flavor on your tongue. Uh, super, super enjoyable. Uh, great. Great drinking, um, just really, uh, really a delicious IPA. Um, I, uh, I probably, I have a, a good amount of these left in my store. I'll probably pick up another two cans. Yeah, because this is a cheaper of the two, too, uh, as well. Four ninety nine, four ninety nine for the the can, tall boy can. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you sneak it into you know a four pack and hope that nobody notices, that's four ninety nine for a four pack. Don't do that. That's horrible. No, John. Give, doesn't, John doesn't let you do that. Uh, give single cut their money. They they've earned it. Uh, yeah. Just I mean, man, just packed with flavor. Mm-hmm. So much flavor. So much flavor to be packed with. Uh, and it is. Fresh. It was canned on six thirteen, so it's only ten days old. Yeah, and just remember, the first time we had a single cut, the Bon Bon on the show, we didn't like it. We didn't like it, and we were like, "Oh, this is we." Why does everybody love single cut? Now I understand why everybody loves single cut. This is my new favorite session. It used to be the Outer Creek session. This is it. This yeah. is this is everything I want from a session: full of flavor, low ABV. Five percent. I know it's a little bit more than your standard Labatt or Coors or Blue. No, they're all about five. They're all. I thought they were all four point five. Four point five. Yeah, like to five. that's like four point two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four point two. So it's a little bit, a little bit more, just a little bit. And it comes in a tall boy slammer can, and you can slam a couple of these and not feel bad about yourself. You know, you earned it. You mowed the lawn. You went out for a run. You helped people move furniture around. Are you just listing things you did today? Yes. I burned this beer. Uh, Paul, just so you know, yeah. if I slam a couple beers, you can't take away my right to feel bad about myself. <laughs> I'm going to be as depressed as I want to be because you know what? You're an American. But you don't have to be when you're drinking yeah, one of these. Yeah, you don't have to, but I can choose to be. You can choose to be. I have the, I have the right to choose, Paul. You do? I'm not sure anymore. I think laws might be passed, so you don't have the right. No, nope, I'm about that. I'm gonna, sla- I'm gonna slam, and I'm gonna choose to do whatever I want. Yeah, you, you, put my cat. I'm gonna put my cat in some pajamas. You're gonna put that cat in a paper bag. Yeah, love that bag. I think the cat ch- chose to be there themselves. Uh, See, hey, America. let's talk about the weirdest thing ever. Uh, Paul buying a horror comic book and liking it. <laughs> yes, but uh, let's also preface that with it's an Archie book. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the weirdest thing ever, though. Paul having something for the monthly trade policy that I enjoy. <laughs> that's that's the real headline here. What? Paul, Paul, tell us about your book. Uh, this is Afterlife with Archie, Volume One: Escape from Riverdale, guys. That's the hey, whole title. Found it. 
full title. Uh, this is uh, written by Roberto Angelis uh, Scasesa, uh, and art by Franco Francavilla and Jack Morelli. Uh, Franco Francavilla is known for his very dark work, you know, not dark as in tone-wise, even though it's mostly horror books, but also dark page-wise. Like, it seems like he draws on black pieces of paper and then adds color later. Because even the brighter colors, like the reds here, the reds are and muted. the oranges, yeah, uh, but the, the, they pop. The, they, they pop with his his drawings. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knows what colors work best with the style that he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, but he always does kind of fall back to that red and orange. Oh um, yeah, even looking at like his Hawkeye stuff. Because mm-hmm. we like we've, that's where I we think we've talked about him before. Yeah, I think that's where we really fell in love with his yeah. work. Oh, but yeah. that was mostly purples. He did a lot of purples, yellows. No, that that was and Hawkeye. Because um, he did the one with I can't remember the clown, the Russian like assassin's name. Yeah, oh. like the teardrop. Like that was all red. He was like lighting stuff on fire. Uh, but uh, in this book, we have a very distraught uh, Jughead Jones going to visit a very special young teenage witch named Sabrina. Which I totally did not know they existed in the same realm, though they're all published by Archie Comics. I, yeah, I think Sabrina, Archie, and like Josie and the Pussycats all kind of share a space. Mm-hmm. They might not cross over did that guys, much, but yeah. Did, did, have you guys watched the CW show uh, Riverdale? It's on Netflix it's right now. It's on Netflix now. I haven't. It's I have not, right. but I've heard really good things about it. I watched the first episode. And I'm like, and they actually run into Josie and the Pussycats <laughs> in the very first episode. And I'm like, huh, okay. Uh, Kate watched the whole series and she's like, eh, it's not worth actually watching all of it. And I'm like, I understand. But she watched the whole series, so. Yeah, but we watch shows on Netflix just to have something on in the background while we're cleaning or while we're making jam or anything else. That's. Making jam, that's what you call it now. No, no, Kate is literally Would you like jam. some making jam, sir? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we, so back to the book. We have Jughead Jones rushing to Sabrina for help because his dog, Hawk, uh, Hot Dog, not Pizza Dog, Hot Dog, got hit by a car uh, and is dying or has died. And everybody feels bad about it. And Sabrina's two aunts are like, hey, there's nothing you can do. And Sabrina decides there is something she can do with the help of the Necronomicon, and she's going to raise the poor pup's like uh, poor pup from the grave. But when she does that, she creates a zombie dog, which bites Jughead. Jughead is a zombie. Hilarity ensues, guys. It's straight up hilarity this whole time. It's funny because it's Archie, right? It's just funny, funny wacky hijinks. Uh, no, what's, no, what's, no. what's fun about this dark. is it's putting these characters uh, from the Archie book that are like, I, I, I don't want to say goofy, doofy characters, but they're like stuck in the 50s kind of characters, uh, and putting them in a horror movie, and knowing what a horror movie is, how characters survive, and what they do, and what heroes are in those movies, and putting that to these characters... Maybe it's just me, but unlike horror movies I watch, this book breaks my heart in several times. It's several times over. 
when Jughead's sparing his dog, and he knows there's nothing he can do, breaks my heart. Then later on, with the flashback with uh, Vegas, Archie's dog, Archie's dog, that breaks my heart. I'm like, so maybe I'm just a a dog person <laughs> watching people. I I felt really bad about in Why the Last Man when they spoilers with ampersand dying. I had to hug my dog extra tight. Yeah, because you named your dog ampersand, ampersand after, after him. Yeah, after that damn monkey. Ampersand's just as much of a pain in the ass as that dog as that monkey was. Monkey was cooler. It had hands. Yeah. Clap. Could hold things for you. Yeah, sure. Uh, but yeah, we we get a Halloween themed uh, dress up uh, dance that's happening, and that's when the zombie outbreak occurs. And you know the remaining survivors all kind of bundle in together and try to survive the oncoming zombie apocalypse. Uh, yeah, it's it's a fun book. The art totally matches the tone. It works perfectly. The writer and the artist know exactly what they're doing with this. Uh, and it's a great survival zombie story. Um, it has so many little nods to things, the Necronomicon. Um, that was something that when we first, uh, Paul and I read this for oh, yeah. the first issue episode. for a not episode, it was one of those things that we took a lot away from all the little nods and everything. Because mm-hmm. even at the party, everybody's dressed up like... Jason and Freddy and people are people are you know sexy nurse and slutty uh, secretary and she's the vampira. It is a vampirella. Vampirella. It it's a it's a fun book that knows exactly what it's supposed to be and what to do it and does it within the world of Archie. Yeah, uh, much like the what was it called? The hunger. Oh, yeah, yeah, The Hunger. The werewolf one that we read. Um, yeah, after reading that one shot, that kind of made me want to, you know, check this out. And I'm glad you brought this t- out to the table, Paul, because I I really dug it, and I kind of want to see where the rest of it goes, even though there's only three more issues, John said. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing, like, how this wraps up if it kind of has one of those O. Henry endings where maybe they continue to put these archie like wholesome characters in these weird like random situations because it's it's kind of fun seeing how they're still the same kids as you know terrible things are happening around them um i never read archie comics growing up but just from reading the uh, uh the relaunch from mark wade and like Fiona Sable years ago like i i feel like i had a good enough grasp on these characters to see them you know kind of tear each other apart Alright, so I did have three questions for you guys that I wanted to ask. Uh, first one, of course, is who are you rooting for, Betty or Veronica? I don't care. Really? Yeah. I don't care either one. Yeah, I, I like Archie. I don't, I don't care. Either, I'm either rooting, I'm team Veronica the whole way. I hope she wins the four. Especially since she has, like, Jeeves working, Mr. Smithers helping her out. I'm like, yes! Yes, Mr. Smithers! You get what she wants for her. I don't understand Lady's obsession with Archie. I don't get it. I don't get the two of them, because he's definitely playing both of them. He's just confused about what he's going to continue waffling for 72 more years. He says that as he goes out the... Which is creepy, because he even admits it to the dad. When they're held up, 
in uh, the Lodge's estate. And he's like, no, no, I've been trying to sneak into your daughter's bedroom for the last, like, three years. This place is a fortress. <laughs> and he has, the he has like, three different ways to sneak in and out of this place. It's like, dude, I know it's the zombie apocalypse he's, and everything, but you about to be dead. <laughs> he's a creep. Creepy dude. He is telling, telling that rich man he's trying to bone his daughter. <laughs> Pretty um, much. Up. Well, you said he had three uh, three questions, was it? Yeah, so that was the first. Betty or Veronica, okay. who you're rooting for. Not who personally do you like more, who you are. Like, did this book, like, set you up to be Team Veronica or Team Betty? And you both said, no, still don't care. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, since I'm reading team, the Butler's uh, blog. Team Sabrina. <laughs> team Sabrina. That's yeah. true. Uh, and she has to show up by the end to kind of make this right, are the two uh, ants, right? I'm um, expecting that. The other one was... Uh, oh, man. I had, I should have written them down. You should have written them down. Oh, in the zombie apocalypse in this town, which character did he want to be with, you know, or, you know, be teamed up with? Well, Archie, because he's going to survive. I'm going um. Smithers. <laughs> He's got, he's got he's Reggie's, got the, Reggie's the greaser one, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go Reggie. Seems like a badass Wait, dude. Reggie, yeah, the so. guy who was going to open up the thing because his midge, zombie midge, he has a boner for? See, I would go with either Ginger and uh, what's her name? Ginger is the one that... Uh, Ginger and her, like, creepy brother who they No, bone. no, no, no. That's... Uh, oh, okay. that was my third... That was my second question, actually. Which one's creepier, the zombies or Cheryl and Jason Blossom? It has to be Cheryl and Jason Blossom, right? Yeah. Like, the worst... Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty weird. <laughs> the worst thing that's going on is actually them. Like, the zombie apocalypse is bad. They are just, like, ugh. The whole time. But they did make a Green Arrow reference when they no, shot... No, no. Queen Arrow. I guess it's okay. It's a... But, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's a veiled reference, because they can only go so far. Yeah, they just shot a dude with a bow and arrow, too, Paul. Yeah, but I think it was more of a stab at him being, you know, gay. So he's Really? Because I'm pretty sure he's banging his sister. No, no, that, that's Kevin that with the bow and arrow. And it was... I thought that her. was her brother. It, that was Cheryl they, with they the bow and arrow. They look very similar. And also and Kevin. That's, um, Kevin. And that's has in the coloring, I think, because everything has the same tones to it. Kevin has blonde hair and... Jason has red hair because they're the the twin they're twins too which is anything creepier right they're twin gingers uh, twin gingers are the creepiest <laughs> ask Ron Howard <laughs> especially if they speak in unison uh, man, I just... So the problem with this book is looking what? looking further down and There's looking at problem? the next the next three issues. Uh-huh. Uh, so this is one through five in this volume. Number seven seems like it's the death of Betty. Uh, issue spoilers. Issue eight says it's like to kick off uh, the next volume of issues one through six. Uh, Issue eight, they're held up in like a haunted hotel, and then there hasn't been anything for two years. So it's still going. It's just we haven't gotten any. Um, it looks like number ten's on sale at the end of August with Josie and the Pussycats guest starring. 
There we go. Because they're at the school. I learned that from the CW show, The Riffic Ram. So then 9 must be coming out soon? But so like, I'm on um, afterlifewithrc.com because I know they did a Sabrina the Teenage Witch book too, which mm-hmm. is kind of part of the same line. And it's actually also written by um, Roberto Aguirre Sarquesa. I can't I remember his last name. I think that's it. Yes. Um, so it, the, tonally it's going to be the same, um, also the same same character basically popping up. Um, but yeah, no, no list of, um, number nine, but yeah, but like eight came out into in May, May 6, 2015. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know if I have, I would, I'd read the next two issues. I'd buy them. I, mm-hmm. you'll, I stop. Actually, I'm, I'm sorry. Cause this, this posting is from August 8, 2016. So, <laughs> yeah. So it is an ongoing, but it's like a saga, like ongoing where it's, just like you'll, you'll get the books when you kind of saga takes three months off a year and delivers nine issues okay and then it takes three months off and delivers nine issues i was i stand corrected yeah no uh this is totally uh daymen quality oh, okay writing yeah it's, so you were close it was a book john liked <laughs> Or uh, what was the one with John Cassidy on art that took forever to come out and finally wrapped up? Like oh, uh, any book with John Cassidy on art? <laughs> oh. uh, no, it's no. the one with, uh, with the, the Wildstorm. Pow- uh, the Authority. He- uh, yeah, so the, authority. the Authority. Yeah, yeah. the Authority. Oh no, uh, no, um, it's not the Authority. I'm blanking out the name of it. Crap. But they go to multiple. They go to different it's dimensions. The one with Elijah Snow. Yeah, yeah it's the Ennis yeah. or. Uh, yeah, it's um, Warren, Warren, Warren Ellis. Ellis. Yeah, Ellis. Yeah. Ellis. Warren Ellis. Ellis or Ennis. I always get the two confused. And then something Ennis. <gasps> Garth Ennis. Planetary. Planetary. But it has the authority in it. Yeah, they pop up in okay. a couple uh, of uh, issues. I never finished reading that series. I really well, need to don't do Don't worry, that. it took them five years to finish that series. They took a five-year hiatus and then finally finished it. So, so that's the level of like when it's coming yeah. out. So, when Volume 2 hits, I'm going to be very excited about it. Because this... Now, when, are they, when are they going to do vampires? Ooh, they did werewolves, they're doing zombies. They're, might, they wow. might just do one-shots from now on, on that kind of stuff. Ooh. I'd be okay with that. I accidentally, added, I accidentally added this book to your cart. Oh, it's alright. Which one? Well, if it's after number Life six. with Archie, number six, I'm okay with that. Uh, number six is two ninety nine. dollars 7 and 8, three ninety nine. Still at full Ooh. price. Hmm. Do you know that's full price? Maybe it came out at four ninety nine. Well, even I mean, it's like, yeah. it's full comic book price. Right, right. right. Really who knows? They could also be waiting for more like issues to come off for those ones to drop down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they've been holding off since two thousand sixteen when uh, that article Chris said that uh, ten was going to be coming out soon. Yeah, it's it's a series that I'm going to try to rem- you know if I hear a volume two comes out I'm definitely interested in trying you know picking it up I do want to wait for that I think this is worth it it leaves you wanting more but you get a good story you get a good full story here as an elsewhere's world type tale yeah um I agree I mean reading this digitally as I was like going through I would stop to see like how far through the book I was on. At that point, and it, it's a pretty lengthy book, even though it's only like three issues. 
Yeah. They're they're like oversized issues. I feel they're, like they're, they're five issues, like, right? It's five issues. Five issues. Oh, is it? Okay. They don't do the uh, the issue breaks in between really well. Yeah, because they're even in some of the issues they have like a interlude and a prologue and then uh, afterward, like with the like when they check in with the other characters. So there's those weird breaks. So you're never sure when you're in going from issue to issue or you're just yeah. going within the story itself. So I understand. But I, I, I dug it. Um, it makes me want to check out the Sabrina book, which, I mean, I always enjoyed watching the show, so hey. Well, what's the Joan Hart? Well, why not some uh, spine-tingling adventures or whatever it's called? like uh, chill, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, it, which, uh, which I read the blurb for, like, one of the the issues and it sounds ridiculous like her father's a warlock and actually comes back and brings uh, her ex-boyfriend Harvey back to life it's it's crazy um, I thought her ex-boyfriend was Sam with the ladder oh Harvey's a dude from um, whatchamacallit you're talking about the other one though yeah, I get your reference Carissa explains it all let her say yes Sam and he had his own little like theme chime Oh my god, Ferguson could be the the vampire. Mm-hmm. How great is Sabrina? <laughs> uh, Carissa explains it all. It basically made personal ringtones, personal ringtones before there was such a thing. Because, you know, when Sam would show up and when Ferguson would show up for the first time, they had their own little uh, musical, musical cue. And she was a pr- computer programmer, video game designer. Look at that. She was The Sabrina book looks really good. The art's really cool. Like it's all sketchy and like it looks like it's done with colored pencils. I like it. So uh, so there's our recommendations. Yeah. Pick up pick up volume one. Uh, sit in anticipation with us for volume two. And then pick up Sabrina and we'll see what it looks like, guys. Paul, I know what you should pick for your next look uh, back. Look back. So check back your, in three your months. Your next trade policy. So check yeah, back in uh, two months. Who's who's next up for? Uh, it would be Jono. Uh, it would be me. Jono. Okay. Do you have it? And we're going to be doing the Green Valley, uh, which oh, yeah. is the other book that uh, we read for that not episode. We both bought one issue from our wish lists, mm-hmm. and Paul ended up doing Afterlife with Archie. Uh, I ended up doing Green Valley, which is like a kind of a Lord of the Ringsian kind of. Uh, knights and armor kind of story um so do yeah. they ride dinosaurs no no and that's oh. what they got wrong that's what they got but they wrong. have swords right they have swords they're swords nobody cares about swords they want them riding dinosaurs come on michael pay come on that's what everybody wanted in transformers 5 that's why it did not have a big opening well they saw four yeah. Actually, they, they watch the entire franchise, and they're like, man, they keep fooling us, and we keep thinking these movies are going to be good. But, come on, everybody was excited after during the Super Bowl because Optimus Prime yeah, is riding Grimlock. a dinosaur. He's on Grimlock, yeah. yeah. Everybody was like, what? Yes! And then he didn't even get a cool Grimlock in that movie. Did he have his voice actually No, right? he doesn't even talk. He's just, I'm a dinosaur. He doesn't even transform into a robot. He just stays as the dinosaur. What? Because the whole with point with Grimlock, like, speaking in the third person, is because his voice thingy Majigger was broken. No, they did that with, uh... With, yeah. Uh, Yellow Beetle. Yeah. Um, yeah, Yellow, 
Bumblebee. Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. Oh, so he has to speak with the radio. But even though at the end of the first one they fixed it, they're like, you know, people really like that in the first one, so let's just have them talk like bullshit again. Mm-hmm. He Speaking about talking bullshit, hopefully you like when we do it. Uh, yeah, if you like it when we do it, please like us over on uh, the Facebook. Keep Follow us there. We uh, post uh, interesting blurbs. Like, hey, guys, eight-year an- eight year anniversary. Oh, we forgot to mention it. Yeah, oh, we've been- yeah. <laughs> yeah, we posted a photo of us from last year and said, happy eight-year anniversary. You know what I don't have? Pictures of the three of us together from eight years ago. I think the, the only one that I have is us in front of the Tron cycle. And that's not even from eight years ago. <laughs> no, it's like... It's like six or oh, seven. Yeah, it was like five yeah. or six. Uh, hey, we did it. I thought <laughs> that was the goal, but. Is it the goal? If you guys want us to stop, I, let I us feel know. Like we're we're, we're sagaing this, and like we should just take a hiatus. I think we've done we've taken up. I think we take enough hiatuses. Hiatus I? Yeah, because uh, let's say 52 times 8 is what, guys? Calculator style. 52 times 8 is 416, and we're on 343, or 33. That's not, that's not bad. Plus not episodes. Yeah, plus not episodes. Uh, 343. So plus the episode you lost. Yeah, plus, so that's 73 that we're off. So that's a that's that's over a full year of a hiatus of our regular shows. It's a year and a half of a hiatus. It's that's Over like eight. it's forty three episodes a year, <laughs> yeah. Which I think is pretty darn good for free. For free, forty three episodes a year. Eh, it's pretty good. Take nine weeks off. <laughs> Show me a job that gives me nine weeks off, and I will take it. Yeah, teachers, right? <laughs> you talk to my talk to my wife. She gets all the vacation time in the world. Teachers get nine weeks because two months maybe plus a week. For the summer vacation, right? Uh, plus holidays. Plus holidays, which is probably another week in there. Plus snow days. Also, uh, I don't think Florida has snow days. Maybe they have hot days or something. No, or, hurricanes. Nope. Hurricane days. You guys have alligator days. You can't go to school if there's an al- if you uh, sight an alligator on your way to your bus stop. Not allowed. You got to go home. <laughs> you, just, you just keep walking past it. You know, you turn right around and you they don't, go straight home. You can't go to school if there's an alligator anywhere near your bus stop. It's true. A lot of kids seeing alligators test days. Yep. All right, everybody. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, all of us. All those things we've been saying for eight years. Thanks. <laughs> we love you all. Hopefully you, hopefully you like us, too. Oh, shoot. Wrong thing. Wrong thing.